Hello, and welcome back to the Around Akoi podcast. I'm Daniel Molinari, and this is episode four. And this is actually probably the sixth recording of episode four. So I'd like to apologize for my absence this past month. Um, my full-time job, some projects around the house, and more importantly, changing how I record these shows has led to the one-month gap in the shows. We've changed up a lot of the equipment we record on, and when I did a, the last five takes of this episode... All kinds of weird things were happening to the digital file, so hopefully it's six times the charm and we can get this out there. As always, if you have any questions, comments, show topics, or anything in concern you'd like to send me, uh, the email is podcast at gmail.com. We also have the Facebook group. Uh, you can just search the Arondequate Podcast, uh, but it is facebook.com slash podcast. Um, we have the discussion group which I'd like to get some more members into and start some more active discussions. So please go on, hit like, follow, ask permission to join the group, and we'll add you in as soon as possible. So today's show is going to actually do two things. We're going to kind of do two different national topics um, and talk about how it actually can influence our town here in Arondequite. There is a big political disaster about to happen if the current administration in Washington passes their version of the Affordable Care Act. The main goal of this is to repeal everything the previous Obama administration put forth in the Affordable Care Act, which was more commonly known as Obamacare. The services for this The services for this program first to be eliminated are programs for the mentally ill, special needs children, special needs adults, parts of Medicaid, Planned Parenthood as a whole, and a lot of other programs that are very important, like uh, rehabilitation programs for people trying to get off of drugs. It would also, um, in whole, take away all medical benefits from approximately 18 to 24 million Americans. So what this looks like is picture the populations of Iowa, Pennsylvania, New Hampshire, and Ohio combined. The money saved from these program cuts would then be turned around to be used as tax cuts for the richest 1% of Americans. So once again, what does this mean for Rondequite? So not taking demographics into account at all, just by the numbers of people in town and percentages. There could be 4,100 residents of Irondequoit stripped of all health care benefits. And once again, what does that look like? That looks like every student, teacher, and staff member of the West Irondequoit School District as a whole. Now picking on them, just the numbers for that worked out perfectly as a, for the visual. Now, that's just those that lost the care. Now, if we also go back and we look, let's see, by the numbers and percentages, we'd have about an additional 950 special needs children in this town with their benefits taken away, and about another 1,100 adults that had special needs services taken away. There would be about 600 more uh, taken away for any type of advanced uh, mental disorder treatment. We would have roughly about 2,000 people in the town that would not be able to use Planned Parenthood services anymore. 
So totaling up those numbers, it winds up being about 10% of the town. The really scary part that I have yet to mention is that the other part of this is if you have any type of pre-existing condition, they have the right to basically jack the rate up by about five to six times the normal rate. So, you know, if you've ever had anyone close to you that's ever had high blood pressure, any type of heart disease, any type of major surgery that was not due to an injury, anyone that's ever had cancer, all these people would not be able to afford the health care at the rates that they're proposing. Add those numbers back into the town. Now that is about an additional 15 to 18,000 members of the town. Now we're talking a third of the town with no affordable health care options. And once again, this is so the richest 1% can receive a tax cut. The other day, Warren Buffett actually put out a statement in the news that his tax cut, should this go forth, would be $860-ish thousand dollars. Someone that's worth billions, is that really going to make a difference in their lives? Is this really worth it? This really is a scary thought, how, as a society, we can freely trade off the medical care for the greed of the 1%. Medical advancements are jumping forward in leaps and bounds, and to deny someone care, to deny someone a cure for something as stupid as money boggles my mind. A person's ability to live their lives free from pain, or simply to survive at all, should not ever correlate with their income. The truest measure of a society is how we can take care of others around us. And until everyone can be healthy, or as healthy as we can be right now based on what we've discovered, our society as we know shall remain stuck as we know. And unfortunately, as we've learned from mistakes of generations past, it's only in greed that society ever moves backwards. So. When we started the show, I said it was going to be a national topic, but how it relates back to the town. So, taking away the hypothetical numbers, how this actually relates to the town. We could have tons of people in our area without the ability to have affordable health care. And people need medical. They're going to go get it. They're going to have to pay for it. They're going to have to go in debt. People are going to have to borrow to get healthy. Putting all their money there, it's going to pull from someone else. You're going to have people that don't have the ability to pay their mortgage anymore. You're going to have people that can't put food on their table anymore. Other types of government subsidy that now, because of the national level, is now being shoved down the throats of the state, county, and local municipalities. You're going to have the county having to subsidize you know, food for people more than ever. Housing... Um, subsidies more than ever and it's just going to come back to being a bigger tax on everybody anyways but once again this all goes back to the richest one percent wanting a tax break this is a snowball effect and i don't even think that the cbo which is the group that tries to score out what this financially would do um if the bill went past these are the people who take a bill and say this is the numbers and this is what would happen i don't think that they can fully grasp how big of a snowball effect this could have trickle down, you know, one month, six month, one year down the line. 
Um, there's been two versions of now as uh, another national podcast has coined the term wealth care, um, one through the House, one through the Senate, and both CBO scores have been kind of different for a bill that isn't truly different. So I think they're having a hard time wrapping their head around how bad this really is. And that's the scary part. So we could have areas of the country that don't really have the ability to, you know, collect more taxes. That's just the money's not there. You could have sections now of the country go completely bankrupt. This was a scary issue for a major city like Detroit a few years ago. There was parts of Detroit that didn't have the money to keep the street lights on in a portion of the town. This is why people should be outraged. This is why people should be sending letters. This is why people should be attending rallies. I don't think the full scope of how bad this health care bill could be has really been decimated through the media well enough yet. Um, you can get two totally different takes whether you watch CNN, Fox News. Um, it, it really, I think more people need to be vocal about this. Um, the one good thing is, is that the, one of the biggest opponents um, to this new health care bill is actually our very own New York Senator Chuck Schumer. And I applaud him for some of the measures they're trying to take to stopping this. So changing gears slightly, the other thing I want to talk about is our role of a government to inspire others. This should be the time when the government should be an inspiration to its citizens. Too much focus is being put on trivial, stupid things coming from our national government, like typos in a tweet from our president took way too much attention. Um, that it was basically a national joke, and it still is. Think about things this way. We don't have to go too far into the past for discovery. 138 years ago, we first started putting electric light bulbs in our homes. It's been 62 years since we found the vaccine for polio. And it's only been 48 years since we put a man on the moon. I'm going to use the space program as my example here. So back in, I think it was 1962, our president, John F. Kennedy, challenged in one of the greatest presidential speeches ever, every American to pull together to put an American on the moon by the end of the decade. And in the first line of that speech... He states, We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things. As vague as that sounds, it was brilliant in its vagueness because we didn't know what the other things were. We didn't know that once we launched this spacecraft, what would happen, what would happen in zero gravity to a human. We didn't know what would happen, how much energy it would take to leave our orbit or even to gain orbit. We didn't know what would happen when we got to the moon. We didn't know if we could land on the moon. We didn't have any spacecraft back then designed for that, so someone had to design that. 
Once we landed there, we didn't know what the environment was going to be, so someone had to design a spacesuit that could, yeah, okay, protect from, like, it's going to be very cold in the dark and very hot in the sunlight, and people have to move around, and there's probably dust up there, so it can't have any, like, you know, particles getting through. But they did it, and seven years later, Armstrong and Aldrin stepped out onto the surface of the moon. Probably one of the greatest presidential speeches ever. It inspired people to do the hard things, to pull together. And this was the 60s. This was a time when there was a lot of social uprising in this country. There was the hippies in Woodstock. There was a lot of social equality issues between men and women in the workplace, between whites and blacks in this country. There was a lot of political hardships that the government had to overcome, but people, everyone pulled together. Everyone, didn't matter who you were, what you were, everyone cheered NASA on for this. Now, still using the space program as an example, let's go forward a couple decades. In 1986, we had the uh, loss of the Challenger shuttle and probably one of the other great presidential speeches on Discovery had to be the address that Ronald Reagan gave that night it was very heartfelt it looked like it was hard for him to even get through on camera um, but it, it served as an inspiration he was talking to the country to everyone at NASA, but more importantly, the younger generations. And he was explaining that in Discovery, sometimes there's setbacks, but you don't stop. Nothing you do in Discovery is ever totally safe. You do what you can to mitigate the risks, but you move on. You learn from the mistakes, and you move forward, and you keep discovering. Inspiration is not going to come from our national leadership. Too much money, elections always being on the line, these things just, it's not on their radar. This is where the local leaders, the state leaders, the county leaders need to step up. These are the people that need to be making speeches. These are the, kid, the people that need to be talking to students. We need to be motivating everyone to volunteer, to discover new technologies, to want to reach out and discover new worlds, and to figure out ways to do that. Humans have always been pioneers and explorers. We've sailed the oceans, we mapped out the west, and we've even hit a golf ball on the moon. And right now, our local leaders, we need to be the ones to, um, we should be inspiring our youth to figure out ways to having an, you know, an MRI at the hospital be as affordable as buying a Red Bull drink instead of a Red Bull airplane. A better way to fight the ongoing opioid epidemic plaguing our country. Discovering ways to sustain a colony on Mars or even a way to go beyond our own solar system. Who's going to design the next version of an alternative energy car? 
These are the questions people need to be asking. The younger generations need to be taught to have an idea, to share that idea, to develop that idea. We kind of have an unofficial saying at where I work that there's no such thing as a stupid idea because it's usually the crap that works. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll totally agree with that. But yeah, have the idea. Develop it. Don't be afraid to, to run with it. Some are going to work and a lot are going to fail, but it's what we learn from those failures that actually make the successes even better.